With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 9 of the Parenting Aces Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and we finally have Coach Todd Whittem back with us. I can't believe we've gone over three months into 2020 without a podcast with Todd, but lo and behold, here he is, and we are going to be talking college tennis and more specifically college recruiting. As those of you who've been listening for a while know, one of Todd's students, Ronnie Homan, is a freshman at LSU this year playing in the top spot on their men's tennis team. And Ronnie deferred his admission. He took the fall and played some professional events and got himself ready for college and started in January and is off to a great start with the LSU Tigers. And so Todd is going to share with us a little bit about how things are going for Ronnie so far, what kind of work they were doing in the fall, and how all of us can do a better job at helping our kids find the right college fit. So without further ado, I bring you Coach Todd Whittem. The National Tennis Foundation is committed to the development and advancement of underserved student athletes by providing opportunities through tennis and project-based educational and leadership programs. These programs are devised to promote academic excellence, healthy living, personal responsibility, and character development. The NTF was founded by Remington Reynolds and Steve Gerlich in 2009 after the father of one of their players was trapped alive in the Haiti earthquake. This tragedy mobilized their entire club to raise money to fly a private plane to rescue him. Rem and Steve wanted a way to help those in need find ways to break through their circumstances to succeed in life. From humble beginnings, the National Tennis Foundation has evolved to serve three chapters, Las Vegas, Atlanta, and the Virgin Islands. To find out more and to make a donation, visit nationaltennisfoundation.org. Well, Todd Whittem, it's mid-March, and we are just now getting around to doing our very first podcast of 2020. I don't know what took us so long, but welcome back. Well, thanks so much, Lisa. I appreciate you having me back once again. And actually, it's not really mid-March, but by the time this airs, it's going to be mid-March. And so we are talking college recruiting today, always a popular topic on the Parenting Aces podcast. And you have a player who took the fall off and started his college tennis career in January, as many top juniors seem to be doing these days. So I'm excited to kind of catch up with you and have you share what's happening with Ronnie Holman and his experiences at LSU with Coach Andy Brandy. we got a lot to talk about. Absolutely. I'd love to share what, what I've learned and, and how Ronnie and Andy are doing together at, uh, at LSU. 
Well, let's jump in. So Ronnie, as I mentioned, took the fall off. What did what was he doing from after the U.S. Open juniors to stepping foot on the LSU campus in January? Sure. Well, he was uh, he was doing a lot of a lot of training. Um, he was finishing up some professional events. Um, for the viewers, maybe that haven't listened to all all, all of our podcasts, but um, you know he, he's been playing pro tennis since he was about 16 years old. When uh, when my partner and I put him out there to uh, start playing the men on uh, in low level professional events, so uh, so he finished up some pro events um, in the fall, and then uh, and then how did they go? He started training. They went well. Um, you know, he, he got some ATP points. He uh, before going into college, he has uh, on his record he's beaten the number one players from Baylor, Stanford, and University of Florida. So that awesome. was uh, and those were in professional events. So that, that's pretty good before going to college. Um, so so that that was exciting. Um, and and really, you know, we wanted him to get stronger um, before he went to college. So he was already doing. Um, many of the workouts um, physically uh, before entering LSU. Um, one of one of the main things was that I didn't want him to have to learn maybe new techniques of, of fitness or, or you know stuff like that before he entered uh, entered college. So so he got a lot of the workouts and, uh, and he was pumping away at them and uh, and so he went right in um, in January uh, into LSU to uh, to start classes and and start playing for the team. And so when you say he started the workouts, does that mean that you were in communication with coach Brandy to find out what the guys do on a daily basis there and modeled what Ronnie was doing with you on that? Or was it just stuff that, that you knew that he was going to need? Well, really what, what it was, was, um, he, he was in communication and, and I communicated with, uh, with the trainer that they were, uh, that they use at LSU. So, mm-hmm. um, so he was getting daily workouts, um, from what he needed to, to accomplish, uh, you know, to, to be in good shape and everything, uh, at LSU. And then of course I, uh, I incorporated some of my own stuff just to make sure that, uh, that it was tough enough for Ronnie. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. You, that's, you, that's you, knew, you know that I was throwing some of my own good stuff. Yeah, you know, I saw the videos. Good stuff before he goes to college. So of yeah, course. you can you can follow me on 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 Instagram and Facebook and and get a good idea that Ronnie was uh he was going through some tough stuff before college. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I mean, All it's good. it it's interesting because to me, it's still surprising how many kids show up on their college campus not fit and not prepared for the intensity of off-court work they're going to be doing with their team. And I just, I don't get it because, you know, it's, we talk about it, we write about it, um, not just us, but, you know, a lot of tennis people are talking and writing about the fact that making that transition from juniors to college is a big leap and it requires preparation and I just continue to be surprised at how few players are willing to put in that prep time prior to starting school. Right. Well, you know, it, it's interesting that you bring that up. I was just in a discussion with, with an Ivy league coach yesterday and, uh, and it, one of his concerns was that, you know, you know, a bunch of, bunch of his players weren't training over, over Christmas vacation. And, and, 
and the same thing was happening when, when I was in college as well. But really, I mean, you have to understand, I mean, in, in Ronnie's, Ronnie's perspective, he's, he's, he's still in the making to become a professional player. Now, whether he becomes a top-notch professional or not, that, that we'll, we'll know in the upcoming years. But as of right now, he's training and developing to become a top-notch ATP professional. So that's a, that's a whole different ballgame than, than you know, someone that is going to college to study and have a nice time playing tennis and wants to be in the team environment and have that, that great experience. But in, in Ronnie's case, everything from his training to the physical training to the tournament scheduling, the mental training, the, the nutrition, everything is geared for him to become a professional player as of now. Now, it may change. Maybe he doesn't become a professional. But as of right now, for the last five years, it's to become a pro. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's a much different scenario. So, well, and, and I know, think it's important to note, and you and I have talked about this in prior episodes, that that was a big part of the conversation during Ronnie's recruiting process, that he wanted to go to a college tennis program that would help him further his development toward a professional tennis career. Correct. That was first and foremost. Um, academics was secondary, which isn't the case for, for many kids. For, for Ronnie, it was about tennis and where he's going to fit in the best for him to play at the next level, which is the ATP Tour. Right. And so I would love to kind of dig a little deeper into Ronnie's recruiting process because obviously LSU wasn't the only school he looked at. And let's look at some of the factors that went into his decision making and some of the questions that you felt it was important for him to be asking as he was meeting with the different coaches and visiting the different campuses, because as his junior coach, Todd, you really were very involved in his recruiting experience. Well, it's very simple, Lisa. (laughs) So, and why I'm laughing is that Ronnie didn't really have much of a say in where he was going to go to school (laughs) to tell you the truth. So you know, where a lot what of do you kids, mean by that? Take a lot of visits. Wait, what, wait, what do you I'll, mean I'll by tell that? You, I'll tell you. Sure, okay. sure. I'll tell you exactly. So basically, my goal, uh, what, what I really wanted to happen was to have Ronnie go to University of Miami, where I went, and him only be down, be down the street about 50 miles from, uh, from Pierre and I. But they didn't have scholarship money. And, uh, and so, um, they, you know, they didn't have room in their lineup, didn't have scholarship money. And so, you know, so that, that didn't really work out. Um, so then the next best bet was LSU for, for a whole host of reasons. Number one, we wanted him to stay in a warmer climate and not go too many, uh, too many matches indoors. Um, for, for people that don't know, Ronnie grew up in New York playing indoor tennis. And so he came to Florida to learn a much different style of tennis that would help him develop into a different and a much better player here in South Florida with me. So it was not to bring him into a very cold climate and play a lot of indoor tennis. That was first and foremost. Um, number two, um, the SEC conference, which is tremendous, and it's, uh, it's a very difficult conference. Um, then number three, Andy Brandy. 
and uh and Andy Brandy has been one of the most well-respected coaches for over 40 years um in the United States. Uh, I've had a great relationship with his son who I grew up competing against who uh who is a co-head coach with Andy at LSU. Um and he he's always had an eye on Ronnie uh, ever since he saw Ronnie maybe when he was 15 or 16 years old in national tennis tournaments here. Um, and Andy Brandy has had a very good relationship and a close relationship with, with my partner and, and the gentleman that trained me my whole life, uh, Pierre Arnold. So we're all very much on the same page. And, and, and really not only that, Andy, Andy comes from a very similar coaching philosophy that Pierre and I come from. So it, it's not a, it wasn't a very difficult transition. Um, for Ronnie to go and learn different things or, or a different personality. Andy is a, is a disciplinarian coach. Um, so are Pierre and I, um, we're very serious. So is Andy and, uh, and Andy, uh, you know, he, he said that I would love to develop him into, you know, the best player that he can be and a professional player. And, and not only that LSU, um, the Brandies came in a couple of years ago and LSU is a rebuilding team. So what that means is that. Ronnie would have a tremendous opportunity if he earned it to be the top guy or one of the top couple guys in the lineup at LSU. And so to be able to have that opportunity is incredible. So I'm not sure he would get those opportunities elsewhere and he would maybe play lower in the lineup at other schools, but at LSU, as of right now, it seems like he's their number one player. And so that's tremendous for, for an 18 year old freshman. That's, that's very rare. And especially in a very difficult conference like the SEC. So when you put all these things together, it was really a no-brainer. I had, you know, Ronnie could have really gone have gone to any school in the country, um, but uh, but for us, for Pierre and I, and as I was doing the research, as I do for for all the students in my program, this was really a no-brainer. So I told Ronnie, I said, Ronnie, you're going to LSU. You're going to take your recruiting trip. And if there's something really that, 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 that bugs you or you feel is wrong, you let me know. Um, and so he took his recruiting trip and uh, he said he loved it. And I said, good, go sign. You're done. The process is over. <laughs> it was really that simple. And, uh, and, and, and I go back and forth with the Brandies all the time. I've been watching Ronnie on the live feeds, watching his matches. And uh, so Ronnie has a tremendous team around him to help him develop into a pro player. And, and, you know, and like, like I've said many times, he has the ability to do it now. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully he can. And if he wants to. Right. And let me just go back to the middle point you made, which was that it was important for him to be in an sec school because it's such a strong conference. Can you elaborate on that and explain why the conference would be important to someone who is looking to continue playing after college. Yeah, absolutely. So the SEC conference consists of, I mean, hopefully I can name all the schools with schools like University of Florida, University of Georgia, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State, um, Arkansas, uh, Tennessee. Um, well, some, I may be missing a couple, but um, you know, LSU. These, these are tremendous schools. <laughs> LSU, well, yeah, Alabama, LSU, right? Um, Alabama, that's right. Another one. Actually, he's going yeah. there this this uh, this coming weekend to play at Alabama. Um, so 
you know, the, the, the SEC is, is an incredible sports conference, right? And so if, if you're in Ronnie's position, just so people understand this, that if you're a number one player for these types of schools, you probably need to be playing somewhere around, I would estimate four to 500 ranked on the ATP tour. That's what a number one or number two player for these schools, that's the level that they can play at consistently. And that's a very high level of tennis. So there, that's also a reason why Ronnie was playing pro tennis at a young age as well, is that either he was going to turn pro at 18 years old, or he was going to go and play for a very top-notch school and have to be able to play at that type of level of tennis. And before he entered the door in college, he's already shown that he can do that. And, and he's been able to do it a bunch of times and beat some really good players in professional events. So he's primed and, and, and ready to go. And, and so, you know, he'll, he's, he's going to go through a lot of growth, both mentally and physically in college. Um, but, um, but for Pierre and I, it's, it's, it's all positive for him. Well, and you know, the fact that he is playing number one or number two at LSU means that he will be playing against the number one and number two and, or number two players at, these other schools. And as you mentioned, that means he's competing week in and week out against ATP ranked 400, 500, whatever it is, um, level players, which is going to help him continue to grow as a player. Right. And so for a junior player who does have aspirations to play professionally after college, these are, factors that are important to look at. Absolutely. Um, you know, I can, I can tell you that if, if, if you have a realistic chance of being a professional player and going through the college system, you need to be one of the top college players in the country. And, and, and I'm talking about getting to the highest level of, of ATP tennis. Um, so Ronnie knows this. If, you know, that, 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 that's the goal. Um, you, you need to be dominating. You need to be one of the top couple guys in college tennis, and you need to be in the running to win the NCAA tournament. And if you can do that, then, and you have the heart and the will to try to play at the next level, which is the ATP level, then the results have proven that, that you are ready to do it. But mm-hmm. until then, then there's really not much of a discussion. It, you know, I, I hear people that speak about, should this one be a pro or not sure, blah, 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 blah. The reality is, is that the results say it all. I mean, you don't just become a professional player. So the, the results will, will say everything. So until those results are there and they're consistent, then you're still an amateur tennis player. Right, right. And you said something along the lines of, I'm not going to quote you exactly, but that you told him LSU was where he needed to be. How much input did Ronnie's parents have in this whole process? And I know from having spoken with them, you know, previous to, to our conversation right now that they trust you implicitly and have trusted you implicitly with their son's, not only his tennis development, but his human development for the past 
few years. And so I'm just curious what their role was in the whole process. Did they give you parameters in terms of geography, in terms of financial commitment or, you know, any of that? Well, sure. So, um, in, in, in this case with, with Ronnie's family and Ronnie and myself, this was a green light from day one from when he was 14 years old for him to come and live with me and to try to produce him into the best player um, that Pierre and I could. So, um, you know, I, I did a lot of the research, like I said, for Ronnie to, to you know, go, go play at a, at a certain type of school. Um, this was such an ideal situation to try to develop a talented tennis player. And I knew this from day one, from when he was coming to live with my family and I and, and travel with Pierre and train under us that I knew in, in my gut that this was going to be a very ideal situation to see how, how far a very talented kid could go. And it's, and it's not, it's not always an ideal situation. There, there could be some roadblocks and many different aspects of, of developing a junior player, whether it's with the junior or the parents or, or even both. Um, but I, but I knew that this was going to be a very good opportunity to see how far Ronnie could go in, in terms of his college placement. I, I, I told them, you know, I, at first I told them, I said, you're not going to pay for college. That's number one, right? After all this training and, and, and his results that, wherever he goes, you're not going to pay a dime. That's number one. And number, number two, I told, I told his dad and and his mom that, um, that, you know, this is the best opportunity that I see on the table for him to come in and play very high in a lineup and to be under the guidance of a, of a coach that has had some of the best results for over four decades. And that's really hard to find. I mean, there, there were good coaches that were, that were contacting me and, 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 you know, want, wanting Ronnie to come on recruiting visits and, and these types of things. And, uh, but there was no, there was no situation to, in, in my mind that even compared to what, you know, he, he could accomplish at LSU and, and the people to have around him on a daily basis. So to, for, for me and for Ronnie, I think it was a very, very easy decision. And you mentioned that LSU is kind of in a a reboot right now with their men's tennis program and, you know, that that provided a unique opportunity for Ronnie. I mean, I, I look at, I, you know, I'm on the ranking committee for USTA to do the college rankings and it's always interesting to see which schools are at the top of the rankings and which ones kind of come in and out of the top 25 and all that. And it's to me, you know, there's, there's something special for a kid that is aspiring like Ronnie is to be a successful pro, um, to be at one of these schools that's consistently ranked within the top 25 or even the top 10, you know, um, and to know that your team is going to make it to the NCAAs at the end of the year, that you're going to have a chance to individually build your own record so that you qualify for the NCAA individual tournament. And all of that is, you know, for someone who, and I, I keep saying this, I know, but 
for someone who is aspiring to play after college as a professional, these are important factors to consider. For someone who is going to play in college and then that's likely to be the end of their competitive tennis career other than maybe playing league tennis or you know maybe some local men's opens those factors may not be as important am i stating that correctly todd yes yeah no no you're stating it very correctly um you know in in in, in ronnie's case which is different I wasn't really concerned about the team. Um, I wasn't really concerned about his team maybe winning a national title. Um, those are all tremendous things. But in my mind, I was concerned about Ronnie and what Ronnie needed and needs to be able to mature both physically and mentally and, and, and still learn many things about tennis and who was going to guide him and what the package is was right and mm-hmm. so th- it, it was it was it was a no-brainer like th- this was this was not a doubt in my mind that he's in such good hands uh for him to try to achieve what he would love to achieve and uh and so like i said i, I did my research I, I spoke to other coaches i spoke to andy and chris many times um and uh like I said, it was uh, it was a very easy decision. Right. And I will say, I mean, LSU has a tremendous tennis facility. It is spectacular. I mean, they have an athlete's dining room and they have, you know, incredible courts and training, off-court training facilities and a track that's gorgeous. And I mean, it's it's an athlete's dream to, to have all of that at your disposal. Um, I know they it provide, yeah. you know, all sorts of extra academic support and um, the coaches are really good at kind of advocating on behalf of the athletes when the athletes have to miss class or miss tests and all of that. And that's all, you know, it's a big perk and not every college tennis program looks like that. And in fact, most do not. So these are all things that parents and junior players and junior coaches, if they're helping in the process need to be looking at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, To take it, take what you said even a little bit further, just so, you know, our viewers know that maybe live outside the U S is that LSU, their, their football team won the national championship. And it was just like when I was at Miami, when, when they were winning national titles uh, in the early 2000s. So what does that mean? That means that your budgets are looking really healthy, right? And so, you know, from, from the donors, you know, give, giving money to all the different sports programs to the perks for these kids, in Ronnie's case, and, and, and I've heard it from him, they have luxury meals delivered to them to the tennis center every day, massages every week. And you have, if you need tutors, those are available. If you need a sports psychologist, that's available. If you need, you know, what else, you know, extra training, if you need, you know, to see the trainers, if you need help from the teachers, I mean, whatever you need, these kids, they get it. And it's really, it's really incredible. Ronnie's father came back after dropping Ronnie off at school with, uh, with his wife and Ronnie's sister. 
he came back and he said, the dorm, Todd, is incredible. There's granite in the dorm. <laughs> you know, that's what he was telling me. So, yeah. I mean, the, these kids, they're treated like gods. And so it's going to be a tremendous opportunity and, a, and an amazing time in Ronnie's life. And so, you know, I'm very excited for him and, um, and he should just really enjoy it and, and hopefully, you know, run with it and, and, uh, and have a great time. And, you know, it's important to say that LSU is unique and there are only a small right. handful of programs that have those types of perks for their tennis players, because we all know tennis is the poor stepchild at most colleges and LSU has really done an amazing job at making sure the tennis players have everything they need. Not every school has that. And in fact, most do not. And it kind of leads me, you know, as I'm listening to you, Todd, to thinking about what Ronnie's life will look like (laughs) after graduation coming from an environment where every need is attended to to being out on tour. And, you know, I've talked to enough people, you've lived the life. So, you know, that being out on tour is not about luxury at the, especially at the early stages. So how do you help somebody transition from having everything at their fingertips to basically having to manage all of that stuff themselves? Sure. Well, it it really just comes down to the maturity and the discipline and how bad you want to do it. Right. That, that, that's what, that's what this comes down to. Um, there's a reason why Ronnie did not turn pro at 18 years old. And, and, And it came down to physical and mental maturity and discipline day in and day out. That that's the reality. So it's going to take him some years to develop that under the tutelage of Andy and, and his son, Chris. And we understand that and that's fine. Um, but in terms of the excitement and, and, and everything around him at LSU and then going out into professional tennis and grinding it out in not such ideal conditions and places throughout the world, that's many times very difficult for, for someone coming from college tennis. And, uh, and it's no secret that there's only the last time I checked about six or seven men in the top hundred ranked players on the ATP tour that went to college. So it's overwhelming that, that these players did not go to college, but if you're not ready to become a professional at 18 years old, then college is a, is a, is a, is a great place to try to develop if you do things properly. And if, if these, if these players are in a great, you know, in in a great arena to develop. So that's why the college placement is so important, not only for someone trying to become a professional player, but for someone that wants to, that maybe be, that could be more academic or wants a great tennis experience. I mean, every, every child is in a different situation. So, you know, what we're, we're speaking about someone that has potential to become a high level professional player. And, but that, and, and, and really that's rare. So right. that's why, like I said, the college placement for every single player and, and I've been doing this for a decade and placing kids in, in great, in great situations and great colleges 
So you have to look at every case differently and you have to do your research and you have to be very, you know, very informed of, of what, what systems and, and what programs will work for, for each child. Well, so that provides a great segue to transition away from Ronnie's story, which is exciting. And of course, we're following him closely this year. But let's talk more about everybody else, the other 99%, because let's face it, Ronnie is in that, you know, that rare air up there that, you know, has a shot at making a living playing tennis. So Todd, for for families where the player is not aspiring to play professionally after college, the other 99% of the junior tennis population, what, in your opinion, are the most important factors that they should be looking at? Sure. So I believe that the goals of the vast majority of kids that would love to play college tennis is to get into and really to use your tennis to get you into the best academic institution that you can. And obviously to play great tennis as well. But, you know, in, in, in my system and I, and I do the college placement for all the students in my system, it, the parents are coming in and, and their, and, and their goal for their child and, and for the, and, and the child themselves is that they want to go to the, top schools in the country. This is really my expertise is that the kids are coming in and they want to go to Ivy league type schools, um, very high level division three schools. Um, you know, the, they want to, they have goals to go to schools like Stanford university and, and Duke university and university of Virginia. And so that's really the basis of my business. Having having a, a player like Ronnie with with pro potential is 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 exciting and it's great and and I and I really enjoyed working with him and he'll be back in a couple months to start training and competing again. But really, the the, the parents are coming in and and they're relocating from all over the country or even some international students and they're saying, I want my child to go to incredible academic institutions. So, in my mind. They have to be training really well. Um, when when I speak to the college coaches um, about students in my program, they understand what type of, of student that they're getting. Um, and that's a really disciplined kid um, that, that Pierre and I are spending five hours a day with. They're working really hard academically. These kids are, are very bright. They put a lot of time into their academics as well but they're using their tennis to get into these phenomenal schools. And so, you know, for, for the vast majority of, of kids, they're, they're not going to be playing competitive tennis past around the age of 22. And, and then there's life after tennis. So I want to make sure that obviously they're, they're great human beings and citizens, but I want to make sure that, that as well as that they have a tremendous background of, of academics and that they could, they can go thrive and and survive, um, in whatever arena they would love to enter into post-college. And that, that's really the goal. And, and that's, that's why the parents are, are, are moving and coming into, coming into South Florida to, to be with, uh, Pierre and myself is that, 
that that's what they're doing. They're they're investing in the future of 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 their child. Right. And I mean you and I both understand very well that not everyone can afford to make that move and invest that way in their child's tennis, nor is everyone interested in making that kind of move and investing in that way. So, you know, it's please understand listeners that, you know, we get it that this is not the path for everybody, but it is one path that is available for those who choose it. And I think it's really important to have a clear picture of all of the things that are out there for your child's tennis development to ensure that you're doing what works best for your child and your family. That said, um, you know, Todd, you do an incredible job with the kids that come to you and they have had a lot of success. One thing I want to just mention is, and I want to get your take on this, Todd, is every year we hear at least one kid who is being heavily recruited by a top tennis school, um, a top academic school, and the kid doesn't e- even either doesn't have the GPA or doesn't have the test scores to pass through the admissions process. And that has got to be heartbreaking for not only the junior player, but for the family as a whole. And so I'm curious, you're, you're talking about these families coming to you with these aspirations of Ivy league and, you know, high level D three schools. How do you work with the kid and with the family to make sure that academically they are positioned well to pass muster? Sure. So I don't really deal that much with the academic side of, of the students that I'm training. Their parents usually deal with that, but I know how well they're doing. I have, I currently have a couple of kids that, that I'm training and Pierre as well. And, and they're brilliant. These are, some of these kids are 13 or 14 years old and they have SAT scores already of 1500 or above. I have multiple kids that are on Stanford online uh, programs and I've written, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've written, you know, you know, to Stanford online recommending these, these types of students and, and everything. And so they're trying to get into those types of programs. Um, obviously not all my students are, are that brilliant, but they're, they're bright kids and they're disciplined. And what, what people I think need to understand is that it's, it's tough to get into these schools right you know it's 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 not easy so the parents would like a really well-rounded child that's not only really strong academically but very strong tennis wise and so they're looking for for that type of program that could you know get them over the hump of going and really contributing for these elite tennis programs in in the United States so my question is what have you seen in terms of families not looking at the proper factors, asking the proper questions, and potentially really messing up the recruiting process? Sure. I, I believe there's a lot of research that, that needs to be done, and you have to know that your child or, or your student very well and understand 
where they're going to fit in really well with many different aspects of of college placement. It could be obviously the academic and tennis level of that particular child. It can be a certain location in the United States. Um, it could be a certain coach or, or type of coach philosophy that, that would work or maybe not work for your child. It could be the teammates because anyone on a college tennis team, this is who you're going to be around most of the time. Um, so there, there's a lot of things to, to look at and to research. Um, I do a lot of research. Um, it's a big part of my business to be placing my students properly so that they have a, a fantastic four years of, of being a student athlete. Um, in, in, in my case, the, the players that I competed with, whether it was amateur or professional tennis, they either started working for the USTA or they entered the college arena to become a college coach. I was one of the very few guys and girls that entered into the private sector of coaching junior players in the United States. So I contact quite a few people to do research um, on certain programs that I would, that I, that on paper would be a, what I believe to be a great fit for my students. And then obviously there's recruiting trips and, and, and things, and things like that. Um, where certain players would fit into the lineup. Um, so there, there's a lot of factors that, that need to be researched. And if you're a parent that hasn't ever done this before and, and you're trying to place your child and, and make the best informed decision, I, th I believe that not only the kids, but also the parents need to understand that college coaches are salespeople. They're selling you on their program and their school. If they're very interested, they want your child to go there. And so when you take a recruiting trip or, or you speak to them over the phone, everything is great. Look at my facilities. Look at our cafeteria. We have amazing teachers and tutors and, and, and trainers and, and training room and, you know, and, and so many different things that I think one needs to understand that, that they're selling you on their school. But you need to do your your research and you need to understand, you know, many different things that, that will help your, your child thrive. And so I'm not sure that, that the parents or even coaches do a tremendous amount of research to place certain certain kids properly. And mm -hmm. and really it shows in how many kids are transferring. Um, maybe after their first or second year of college tennis, and it, and it's pretty prevalent. It is. I mean, tennis is one of the highest transfer sports in college, which Correct. you know never ceases to amaze me. But I mean, you know, listen, my kid transferred twice, so <laughs> it's okay. you know okay. it's difficult. And you know, in our case, I mean, I've told the story a million times, but in our case, you know, we really let our son drive the process for his recruiting and let him make the final decision of where he was going to go based on parameters that we had laid out ahead of time. And, you know, even though there were red flags about his decision, it was his decision. And when it didn't work out, he owned that, you know, and, and, 
figured out how to get himself into a better situation, which was an incredible life lesson. And, you know, as awful as it was at the time, um, I think we all now look back on it and are very grateful that he was able to learn that lesson at such a young age. But, you know, I, it's really a shame when it doesn't work out. And especially when not working out means the child stops playing tennis altogether, which happened with, again, with my son. So, you know, I, I've been through this and I know what it feels like. Um, But from the coaching perspective, the junior coaching perspective, Todd, you know, you are in a unique position to help parents avoid making these mistakes. And I think, you know, you are a rare bird in that you really do take an active role in helping your players go through recruiting and discussing with them the things that are important to be considering as they go through the process. Not every coach does that. Well, um, I mean, I, I care for my kids that I train and spend five hours a day with. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like I feel like if I could help them make a great decision for their future, then of course I'm going to do it. Um, like I said, I mean, the parents and the kids, they're serious and they're coming here for, you know, serious things and, and they have serious goals. And I told them from day one that, that, you know, there's certain things that are realistic for their, for their child. Um, and so we're going to work towards those every single day. And, uh, and I, you know, I, w- I would love to place them in, in great elite schools in the United States that sells my business that that's that's our business plan that that's that's our expertise that's what we thrive at that, that those are our results you mm-hmm. know the, these kids representing us and we represent them when i make those phone calls um to to the to these coaches you know i'm uh, you know i'm i'm representing them and and i'm and i'm sending them what i believe to be a, a great fit for their team and uh and so if i don't hold up my end of the bargain or I give them a player that, that it doesn't work out well with, then that hurts my business. That may close the door. And and, and, and my students know this. These are the discussions that, that we have when, when the parents aren't around and maybe they're not, you know, doing as they're told, or they're not doing things up to the standards of, of what Pierre and I expect from them. They hear about it. So this is a team effort and, and they understand this. And so it's a, it's, it's a little team of Pierre, myself, uh, another coach that I brought in that, that trained many years with me under Pierre, this is gentleman, Daniel, you, if you follow me on social media, you'll see him in a, in a lot of the videos now. Um, and so, like I said, you know, us as, as the coaches and, and, and the mentors and the parents and the children, this is a, this is a team effort in helping them achieve what they would love to achieve. And, and I've given them the word and I promise that I'll help them in any way that I can um, through this process. And, 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 and I'll communicate with them the best that I can to, to really help, help them thrive for their future. Right. And, and that's, right. that's really why they're here. Right. And I mean, I just want to say to the listeners that, that are, you know, listening to what you're saying and saying, well, we're not getting that with our coach. Not every coach does that. And I get it. And I think that's why it's important to have these kinds of conversations so that if your child is training with a coach that doesn't provide this type of service in terms of the college recruiting piece of things, 
that at least you're aware of what needs to be happening in terms of questions to ask, things to look at, um, considerations that you should have, because this is a big decision and it, you know, it's a lot of money um, for the boys, especially, you know, not many of them are getting a full ride. And if they're getting any scholarship money at all, they should consider themselves very lucky because there's just not that much to go around. And so it's important to consider all the factors properly and to avoid having to transfer if at all possible, because that transferring is, you know, it's, it's not um, it's not that difficult, but it's also very disruptive. And if you can avoid it, avoid it, right? Absolutely. My, my advice for the parents that, that are listening to this podcast is that try to find someone that obviously that understands tennis development for, for your child and for what they would love to achieve, but they should understand the level of what your child needs to get to and the results that that they need to have to be able to go to certain schools. And I'm not sure there's a lot of coaches out there that, that, that fully understand that. And so you have kids that, that would love to play college tennis at a certain level and everything, but the coaches, I'm not sure they have a lot of experience in, in that matter. Maybe they didn't play college tennis themselves. Um, maybe they don't know that level of, of college tennis and training. So this is this is the research I believe that a lot of the parents should be doing before you select a coach for for your child. So, you know, I've 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 had I've had kids come to me and say, yeah, you know, my my you know my former coach said I could play at this school and that school, and then I look up the results and and I'm like, uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> not that's not that's not going to happen. Sorry, I mean, unless things change drastically. I don't think this person really knew about college placement and, and where you could fit into this type of school. And right. I hear about it all the time. So, you know, if, if it's a child that's in the high performance arena and, and really wants to play at a certain type of school, tr- do your research on coaches that understand the level that your child is going to need to get to and the results that you're going to need to have to be able to have that become a reality. Well, and Let's be honest, Todd. I mean, there are places around the country and around the world where there just aren't that level of coaches available and they just aren't there. And so that's where the parent education comes in. And for the parents to understand, you know, maybe they're the coach isn't um, able to educate them around the college recruiting process or maybe isn't able to develop their child to a level to play where they want to play. So then you supplement their training with other things and, you know, maybe vacations become a trip down to Todd Whittem for a few days, you know, if you can afford to do that, or maybe, you know, you're taking your child um, to hit with some current college players. So at least they can feel that level and know what they need to do, know what they need to work on. So there are options, but, you know, I don't want everyone to think that, you know, if they can't come to Todd Whittem, <laughs> that they don't have a chance. And 
I don't know. It's, it's a fine line, Todd, because obviously I think so highly of you and the work that you do. And I would love for everybody to be able to send their kid to you, but the reality is that's not going to happen. And so we want to arm parents with knowledge and, and statistics and data to help their children achieve their goals, even if they don't have the opportunity to come train with somebody like you. Right. I mean, that's the goal. We want everybody to, to have success out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think, like I said, I mean, what, what, whether, whether parents want to come and bring their, you know, bring their children to Pierre and I in South Florida for us to give them assessment and, and take a look at them and maybe jump in with, with my full timers, you know, that, that would be great. But the, you know, you, you just, you have to do your research and you have to be realistic of, you know, of, of, you know, where your child could potentially be in, in terms of, you know, in terms of going to college, you know? And so, you know, like I said, I mean, if you can find someone that, that understands this, has, has gone through the process, maybe helped place, uh, you know, certain students into certain types of colleges, then that, then that's a very positive thing. Um, but you know, if, if, if you have trouble doing that, and, and maybe they're not in your area, then, then you know, you're, you're rolling the dice a little bit. It could, could be a little tough. It could be a little rocky. Um, then you'll, you'll have to do a lot of research and, and maybe, maybe even find uh, a company that, that could help place your child into a proper school based on their academic and their tennis level, which is great. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a buddy of mine that does that full time. Um, he's been on your show. This, this, uh, this gentleman, Tariq Merchant with I'm Recruitable. Um, He's a good friend of mine, and, and, and that's his full-time job is, uh, is placing, uh, placing kids in, uh, in, in college, uh, in great college uh, institutions. So, um, you know, it just depends. You know, everyone's situation is, is different. Right. And, you know, you can do it without hiring somebody. It is totally possible. It requires a lot of work, a lot of research, as Todd said. But, um, you know, if you're not in a position to – spend money on consulting and things like that, then, then you're going to have to put the work in if, and, and you meaning the parent and the player need to put the work in to find the best fit, both academically and tennis wise. And um, it is totally doable. We are here to help with those things. Um, you know, I encourage people always to reach out to me and I'll be happy to, to share information with you. And, um, you know, Todd, you always share great information when you come on the podcast. So thank you for that. And um, I think we need to wrap things up because I, we've had some technical issues during this recording session. So I really have no idea how long we've been going, but I'm assuming we're close to the one hour mark and we should probably kind of wind down here. So Todd, why don't you let everybody know how they can find you um, online and email, phone, whatever you want to share? Absolutely. So I've had a bunch of your of your listeners and viewers uh, contact me, which is which is great. Um, you know, they, they listen to the podcast and they follow me on social media. Um, anyone can follow me on Facebook. Uh, I, I post almost every single day, Monday through Friday, my thoughts on junior development as well as uh, showing videos of what my students are doing on a daily basis. So uh, I know, Lisa, you know, you look at that and everything. And so, you know, I think it's, uh, it could be great information for the parents and what I believe to be, uh, you know, really good high-performance training. 
Um, so what? you can find me. Yep. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, I was just going to say, what's your Facebook page? So yeah, my Facebook page is Todd Whittem. That's, uh, that's my personal account. And then, um, and then you can find me on my business account at, at Todd Whittem tennis. Um, then I'm on Instagram at Todd Whittem underscore tennis. And, uh, and I'll spell my name. It's T O D D. And then my last name is Whittem W I D O M. And, um, and so, yeah, you can find me on there. If you want to write me an email, um, about maybe your, your child or their concerns, or maybe you want to, you popping into South Florida here and there, that would be great as well. So my email is Todd, T O D D at T W tennis.com. And, uh, and so, yeah, a bunch of your viewers have, have reached out to me over the last bunch of years and, uh, yeah, it's been great. You know, they, they get to come in and see, uh, you know, many times what we do. Well, you can send me the check later. <laughs> you get 20%, 10%. Yeah. What do I owe you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's got lots of zeros by now. So I keep trying to get you to come to South Florida. You keep declining the offer, Lisa. I, well, and now I'm on the other side of the world. So, you know, there's that, but yeah. At one point, we're going to connect for sure. Well, Todd, thanks so much for coming on the podcast again. Best of luck to Ronnie. When you talk to him, please send him our best wishes and let him know we're following him this year. And to my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And we will catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, buy a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at ParentingAces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.